coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. This is Coach Kevin Furtado. Welcome to episode 137. Today's episode, The Buzz Chalk Talk, with Coach Mike DeVelvis and Coach Scott Brissette. Mike DeVelvis is the athletic director at Lakeland High School in Idaho. He was the head women's basketball coach at Lewis and Clark State University and the University of Idaho. He was the associate head coach at Wisconsin Green Bay and the University of Illinois. He is known for his expertise on the buzz defense. Coach Scott Brissett, coach at Bloomer High School in, El- <clears throat> in Missouri, Chippewa Falls High School in Missouri, and he's currently the girls basketball coach at Arcadia High School in Missouri. He was heavily influenced by Coach Dick Bennett, Bo Ryan, and Mike DeVelvis, known for his expertise and details of running the buzz defense. And I'll, I'm going to ask a little bit kind of uh, what you what you guys want from me. Do you want from Scott and I, do you want us to, you know, maybe maybe you've got a really nice dry erase there. I can't go up to school, so sure, sure. I don't have a dry erase board here. <laughs> Only Man, one person in the school, school at a time. <laughs> Coach, Coach yeah. Mike, how, how much scouting, pre, pre-scouting did you put into a particular team where – where you kind of knew they were going to put their best shooter, put their best ball handler, and then you could kind of script their motion. So when the ball went to the right wing, you kind of knew exactly how that that zone was going to position yeah. themselves based yeah, on each that's spot a, on the floor. That's a great question. One of the things that um, – if I get long-winded, y'all, just cut me off, okay, because this is – there's so many experiences through the years – when I was at Green Bay, I got a lot of criticism. The people that taught me the game, Don Meyer, Jerry Krause is my grad school advisor, Litzenberger and, and Bill Smith-Peters, I, I just knew I was learning, you know, when I went to grad school. I was so thankful. And when I got my job at LC, I went and thanked all of them for helping me. And, and every one of them said, make sure you share it. Make sure you know what you've learned. Make sure you share it with others. So when I was – I've always believed that. And so when I was at Green Bay, obviously with the success that we had with the buzz and the tournament and the tournament wins and stuff, I got a lot of requests and I got a lot of criticism about sharing the buzz with people. And I didn't care. I'd share with people in the league. I didn't care because we were going to win anyway because our kids. And I just believe that. And, well, I really believe what you give to others comes back to you. For sure. And I think the more you share, the bigger – you make your circle, the more you, it just comes back to you. I just think that's how life works. And, and uh, it's a really funny story because when I, we, we were playing the year we went to the sweet 16 that summer I had shared and they were on our schedule with Northern Iowa. I had shared the buzz with uh, assistant at uh, Northern Iowa. Well, they went, ran the buzz that year and went to the tournament. Well, lo and behold, they got put in the same spot we did. So they played Michigan State in the first game. And so we played Little Rock, which is a friggin' war. And uh, we uh, got to watch Michigan State play against the Buzz and what they would do. And it, it helped us a little bit. They had a really good player from Canada, and they were doing something a little unique with her. But we just adjusted one thing with the guard and played kind of an offset 1-1 alignment to start it. And that took their one little option away from uh, what they w- thought they were going to do against the bus. So yeah. helping somebody else helped us, helped our kids. 
Uh, the other thing I would tell you is usually at the start of a game, as a coach, you can get a vibe for what they're doing. They're going point, wing, skip, trying to make one more to the corner. Well, it's better when the kids can figure that out. So what we tell them is don't let them beat you the same way twice in a row. So if you, uh, you're playing the first couple possessions, the ball goes point, wing, skip, corner, and they allow it to happen three times, time out. What are they trying to do? And I would ask them, what are they trying to do against the bus? Well, they're going point, wing, skip, corner. Why, why are you allowing the skip? Why do you continue to allow them to skip the ball? Right. Fix it. Right. Fix it. Don't let them be. And I didn't have to do that very often at Green Bay. I do that a lot more at Illinois. Sure. Um, sure. But that's kind of the stuff. You'll figure out. Usually, people got one plan against the buzz. And honestly, I don't think you can have one plan against the buzz. I think you have to play. That's the cool thing about the buzz. The buzz forces you to have to play. And so your fundamentals become important. You're passing, passing with your feet on the floor, making an easy pass mentality. People ask me all the time, well, what hurts the buzz? Well, depends on your personnel and what you're good at doing and what my personnel is and what I'm good at doing. But uh, the biggest thing I could tell you is fundamentals are, are the things that hurt the buzz the most. High, high, kids with high basketball IQ, I'm assuming, maybe, as far as the opposition. You know? Yeah, maybe. But sometimes yeah. they can have all that IQ and get sped up, too. Right, right. You know. we, we, we would have issues maybe with a team that would start maybe three out, two in, but their bottom two would start behind everything. You know, yeah, not yeah. position himself, free throw line, block. Yeah. I mean, they'd be behind everybody. And that, it, we didn't like that. Um, length at a point guard as opposed to someone undersized, maybe. Um, people who cut slow, who would wander through the zone, sit. That, no, that, make shortcuts and yeah and just slow cutters you know and, and yeah. th those kind of people would bug us a little bit you know yeah I think you know that makes me think about something that I, I don't disagree with you I think those are fundamentals making shortcuts and understanding where the holes are and stuff and a lot some kids just know how to play against the zone it's not really within their their structure of what maybe their coach has outlined for them but Kids just have a feel for being able to find those zones and sit down in the gaps and, right. you know, but, uh, you know, that, like, let's talk about people behind the zone, you know, going behind. Mm -hmm. When we played, when we beat Virginia in a tournament, that was where we first started to get some uh, accolades for the buzz. They, they moved Monica right around all over the place. And one of the things they did was put her on the back behind it. And Sarah Eichler was playing our three spot. She just, and this is what the kids at Green Bay were so good at. They just adjust. They figure out where she, they were putting her, and she just went and sat on her legs when the ball was at the point. Well, she was the three. She's supposed to be on a little bit on the wing. She sure. stayed right on that block and would not let them throw her the ball from the point. Sure. Sat right up over the top of her. And then she could still get out and guard the wing sure. on the flight of that ball because we were making that first pass long. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She, no. My number is a little bit – my numbers, your, your, your three and four, your three as I look at the hoop is bottom right or bottom left? Bottom right. Michael Jordan's five. Okay. I got it switched around. Yeah. So your best rebounder is your, your four. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yep. I got it just switched around. So, yeah. Yeah, because that pass, that, that pass, you know, if she's got to sit on that girl on that block on that side, you know, with the right-handed point guard, that's her best pass. Yeah. Or she's not passing across her body to the it left. It wasn't side. even an issue. 
and it came out of the flow of the game. We never even talked about it. Sarah did it on her own, and then it was easy for her to get there because she knew, you know, they were trying to get Monica the ball, so she wasn't even really that concerned if it went there because the other kid didn't want to shoot it anyway. Sure. You know, and that's one of the things I think a big piece of the art of it is figuring out who wants to shoot it and who don't. Right. You know, do I even have to guard her when they throw it to that wing when she's trying to get the ball to the shooter in the corner or to Monica Wright back on the other wing? Right, right. I ain't even guarding you because you haven't looked at the basket one time. Since right. And you'll, you'll see that even if either scouting, she's a poor shooter, even if she's not just shot ready. You know, she's catching it flat-footed, standing straight up and down. Boy, she, she has no interest, like you said, in shooting the yeah. basketball. Yeah. And how yeah. much – how about this, Coach? You know, at your level – you know, the difference between Kevin and I. and I don't have a level. Well, <laughs> just, just be able to recruit maybe <laughs> the type of player that's going to flourish in that defense. Are you looking for that kind of kid? Uh, to me, I think, you know, obviously the last few years has been a lot of reflection and stuff. And I think uh, – I think, yeah, you can recruit to the buzz. It makes it simple, simpler from a recruiting standpoint. Sure. But it's the same kind of kid that I would have wanted to recruit anyway, you know. And that um, it, it's just those tough-minded, hard-nosed, Hannah Quilling, Sarah Eichler, Celeste Awish kind of kids. Mm-hmm. You know, Megan Lucan, those four kids – are as tough as Rachel Porath, you know, sure. kind of kids. They're as tough as anybody. You win running anything with those kids. Sure, sure. You win running anything. What um, your years, I'm sure you probably had a five, if you could rank, rank your fives, the best of, of the ten, let's say, that you had or eight or whatever. What made her the best compared to everybody else playing that spot? You want me to talk about the best five kids I ever coached? No, the the position five, the middle. Oh, the middle five. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. What Um, what set that kid apart from everybody else? If you had one that was just better than everyone else. Yeah, I had two. Um, One was, uh, well, Kayla Tetchlog was really, really good. She was really smart. And um, she wasn't real, she was fairly long. She's only six feet tall, but long arms and just but she anticipated extremely well extremely well and just understood the game just a understanding and feel for the game you know that she could figure out on her own when to stay back when to not front somebody in the top of the key at the home base who's stepping out trying to stretch her out so when they throw it to the wing they can throw the next pass to the because she can't get there you know she figures that out on her own. Um, it's okay to let that kid catch it in the high post because she's not turning, facing, and slashing us or throwing a top-down pass. Right. Anyway, so I'm going to let her catch it because she's not a threat. She ain't even looked at the basket, like you said. Sure. Um, she's the best. You know, I did a clinic one, one year in the fall at LC – or at LC at, – um, at Green Bay – and I do this whole thing. I do my hour-long talk. And she said, can I say something? And I said, sure, what do you got? In front of all these coaches, you know. And she goes, just funnel the ball to me. What? Right. I said, what? Funnel to the five. 
She goes, yeah, just funnel the ball to me. That's the whole defense. And I'm like, I just wasted an hour. Just funnel the ball to five. You're good. <laughs> so and that's the long and short of it, obviously. Is, yeah. is Kayla was the best. Kayla yeah. was the best five. I had another girl at LC that was really, really good on our final four team. Um, and um, she was a Lewiston kid, actually, and just did a great job. Sarah was she was special. She'd been in a program for four years, and sure. she just. So if, if you put some length at the top of it and sacrifice some ha some height, let's say on the back side of it, hmm. what what was there ever really a struggle at the four where you had to change things around where you were just getting murdered? Oh, sure. I think I like the idea. So many people think the buzz is just those two guards at the top. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They think if right. they beat those two guards at the top, they've beaten the buzz. Well, sure. the buzz is more about a mentality, I think. And just, uh, you know, Tark used to call the Fresno matchup the amoeba, and it would shift around. Well, the buzz is way more like an amoeba than the Fresno matchup, you know, because you got home bases just like we do in the buzz. But when you got really smart kids, they can not go to their home base based on who caught the ball. And I'm going to guard the next pass that comes. Does that make sense? Right. And, that, right. and I think that's what the Green Bay kids were so good at. But one of the things I like to do up on top, I love if, if you got like a really good two, three kind of kid that's long or even a four that's long and athletic. And um, I think the, playing around with the personnel and moving them around a little bit is really fun. I, I think – Kind of seeing that's the fun part of it as a coach is where does my puzzle fit together the best? Where does it look the best? Where is it the most aggressive? Where is it should people play that it fits their skill set that allows them to shine, so to speak? Sure. But yeah. you know, more important, what's allowing the team to shine, you know? Right. And um, I always get a charge out of kids <laughs> and their parents in particular. Well, she needs to shine. Well, no, the team needs to shine. That's what needs to shine. And um, our team shines best when we ask her, when she does this for it, you know. Right. And I right. think a lot of that's been lost, you know. But that's what makes it fun about the any any offense or defense is, is getting the team, uh, finding the way that makes the team play best together. That, to me, is the fun part of coaching. It's right. not, I mean, I can run anything. I love motion. I love ball screen. I love ball screen, the five game, you know, with that. I don't like the structured uh, ball screen stuff as much. Uh, I love Westhead's old stuff, you know, offensively. I, I love all, Carolina, I ran Carolina from 1992 to my last year at Green Bay. Ran Carolina break to four out, one in motion for, how many years is that? To, from, Oh, from 92 to 12. So you all do the math. Is that 20? Yeah. 20 years. And I yeah, love that. Exactly. Had a lot sure. of success with that. And, sure. But I love the ball screen stuff too. I love the space and pace. But whatever, the, the fun part for me as a coach is, is getting the kids to play together with, within whatever we're doing, you know. Right. It makes the team shine. Right. Well, I think the buzz really unifies it. I mean, at least on the girls' side of thing at the high school level, you know, they like to play it. 
Oh, yeah. Love, you know, they, they love oh. playing. You know, we, we played a really good team this summer that I knew was a state sort of team coached by just a great, great guy, Joe Doucette at Colfax. And, and uh, um, you know, we buzzed him the first time. And then the second time we saw him that summer when I told him right away, I said, well, you're in a man this whole game. And you know, we could tell they were disappointed. But I, we, we just wanted to learn a couple different things, you know, because – for starters, we followed a heck of a lot more playing man than we did in buzz. And those girls, you know, I said, how many, you guys remember how many free throws Colfax shot the first time we played them? And of course they didn't remember. And I said, you know, they shot six, you know, and any idea how many they shot tonight with us playing man the whole time? And it was 18, you know, and, and uh, so I just wanted them to learn that, you know, and, and because we learned a lot of things in the summer that they really applied in the winter and, and were able to go to state. Um, but, you know, little things like that. Um, but, you know, they, they like playing it. You know, on the boys' side of thing, it's, it's a little bit tougher. Um, what we did a lot in the wintertime is if there's teams running a lot of sets or a lot of specials out of dead balls, we buzz all those things because we could blow those set plays up. You know, they come out of their middle with a, with a plan, halftime with a plan, whatever. We buzz that first possession and just turn it upside down. Yeah, and and yeah. That, that really helped. It's really hard to run anything structured against the buzz. Yeah. You know, that's why I think, like, anybody that's got a plan, usually, what is it, Mike Tyson? Was it Mike Tyson said, everybody's got a plan when they come in the ring till they get hit. Right, right. Uh, yeah, no, that's his quote. <laughs> hey, can I ask you guys a question? Um, Absolutely. I love, I, love, I love you guys going back and forth, man. I love this. Uh, like a tennis match, man. I love it. I love it. Hey, um. With me, we have we don't have a. Uh, you'll see on the video. Um, only regret I have, Scott and Mike, is I didn't use it against the really good teams. Um, and this is mm -hmm. going to be our second year of putting it in. This year, we're actually going to have you know we're going to be a lot more talented, more experienced. So that's the only regret I have. I think this can be used against you know obviously opponents that are similar and also opponents that are better than you. That's a regret I have. We actually backed off. And you guys, you, I felt like I should have gone after. Looking back, we can always look back, right? We could, we should have done this against even the better opponents in the state tournament. I think that's that actually yeah. affected us. So I, I have some regrets on that. I should have stayed with it. I didn't. Well, I think there's a, a fear. You know, Mike's been doing it, obviously, for a long, long time. And I think I can speak to when we first started doing it – and we did it for about seven years straight. But I, I remember those initial years, and, and Mike, you can confirm or deny this, but I think I think if you're zoning or, or playing something like that, we, we know it's not a bump zone. It's, it's, it's different than that. But a team comes down and goes X to Y to Z layup, X, or whatever it may be, I think there's a fear in your mind that they got it solved. <laughs> and, and, and you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, like they've solved the puzzle. And you're, you're, you're four possessions into the game thinking, holy cats, we, we've, we've been exposed. You know, and then you go a different direction or you, there's that fear of trying it again, like coaches referencing it and potentially against a good team too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a couple thoughts on that. One, like every – and Hannah and I were talking about this the other day. I, I firmly believe we wouldn't have won – any, we were two possessions away. I don't know if people realize this or not. Probably they don't think about it anymore. It's been a decade. But we were two possessions away from going to three straight Sweet 16s at Green Bay. Two possessions. And um, we wouldn't have won a tournament game 
in those four years without the buzz. Everyone we beat was more talented than we were, either more athletic or more skilled or bigger. Uh, if we tried to play any of those teams straight up, man, we went to one. Sure. Um, and a lot of that, that's how it was a lot at the national tournament when I was at Lewis Clark State, too. We went to three Elite Eights and a Final Four, and a lot of that was the buzz. Not all of it, but a lot of it. And um, I think that uh, one of the things I used to, especially when you're playing people in league and they're, you're playing them for the second time, you know each other like the back of your hand, you know. One of the things that I, I found that was successful was we would start – like we'd play man and – because I, you guys have all heard me say, I'm sure, that I think the buzz is great in concert with a really intense man-to-man defense. Dick's old system, push baseline, deny reversal, front and bury to post. Dick and I mm-hmm. talked about that one year. Anyway, you know, when we were, I was playing, we were playing golf down in Lewiston or Clarkston when he was at Washington State and I was at Idaho. And we had a long talk about this. But one of the things with the buzz was uh, I would show it early in the first half. And, and we'd run three or four possessions of it. And, um, you know, if they scored two of those of the three or one of the, two of the four or whatever, and then we'd get out of it, you could see them just relax and go, whew, we did it. Right. We got them out of it. Right. And then you slap it on again with about four or five minutes to go in the second half, and their plan is gone. It's right. not, you know, or whatever. Their confidence is gone. They've they're tired. They played a little bit more. Now all of a sudden, bang! Here it comes again, and you just got to play. Well, right. you know it, it's and always, always it was successful that next time. So sure, sure. Did could could at the college level? We 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 could do it at the high school level. Would you trap a certain area really, really hard, and would you notice that they would stay out of that area as the game went forward? I know at the high school level we could do that. We could we could trap bottom right the first couple, three, four times hard, maybe get a turnover, maybe get whatever, and then they'd stay out of that spot. Yeah, I don't put that much – honestly, I don't put that much thought into it. For me, because I froze so many kids up, so the less I think, the better for our kids, okay. honestly, at least the Green Bay kids. Sure. You know, because it's so easy. And this is a big piece of the art, art of coaching, I think, the buzz. A big piece is, is not getting bogged down in uh, the what ifs. So what if they do this? Or what if they do that? Or what if they put somebody here? Or what if they overload? Or what if they do one for I? Um, just aggression answers everything. Sure. Almost. There's nothing technically that should hurt you, honestly. And I've seen people do a ton, try a ton of different stuff. Um, sorry, I'm old. I got to move around and get more comfortable if I sit in the same <laughs> right? Those hips start getting tight. But um, <laughs> uh, I just think, and especially if your kids have the mentality that um, – we're not going to let them beat us the same way twice in a row. You know, if they've got that mentality, um, just don't get caught. Don't get bogged down in, well, you know, I want to do the, you know, I just think they get overthinking and Tark, Tark said it really good. The more they think, the slower their feet get. Right. Well, I think right. the more a coach thinks too, 
I think you can slow them down if you're not careful. You know, I would never discuss something that detailed with, with the kids in the bus. Okay. That, that's just me personally. Sure. You know, sure. I just, figure it out. Right. Figure it out. Right. I ain't figuring this out for you. You figure it out. Right. Now, right. there's some things that I know I don't like personally, like little one, four high. I'm going to do something different at the start of that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to make that first pass long so I can deflect either one of those, or I'm going to go press back to it so you, it's hard to run one four high after, you know, there's just certain things I don't like. Right. But sometimes I just tell them, you figure it out. And they'll come up with a better, the Green Bay kids all the time came up with something better than I would have if I'd have said, there, let's do it exactly this way. No, you guys guard it. I'd have never told Sarah Eichler to sit back on Monica Wright's legs and don't let him lob it to her from the point at all. Sure. You figured that out on her, excuse me, on right. her own. So. Right, right. The old analogy, what is it? Go ahead. Hey, Scott, you, you want me to – I want you guys to kind of – I think it will also help the listeners to see how bad we play the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, and I want you guys – hey, 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 I want you guys to evaluate this so they can kind of see – Okay. I think that'll help the discussion a little bit. I'm going okay. to share a screen here. And I do want you guys. Viewers, Kevin, do they have any questions too? If they ever have a question, do they type in questions or? Uh, no, it's not a live. Uh, this is actually, uh, it's not a live webinar. Okay. Um, but uh, I'm going to have quite a few people and so forth. Uh, let me see if I can get this. Do you feel like most of the people that are watching the clinic uh, know the buzz, like the home bases and stuff? I think actually it could be a variety of people. Uh, I know the coaches that have talked to me, um, they're really just learning it. Um, so. Well, when we get done with the video, we should go over the home bases on your whiteboard there. Okay, that'd be great. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's do that. Don't you think, Scott? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, one thing I know you always do, at least initially, is, you know, just position five offensive people, you know, in a one, one, two, two set or something like that. But just, uh, the, just with your five on the floor, just her positioning in reference to where yeah. the ball is. Yeah, at. we'll go through the home bases. Let's yeah, do that. Yeah, it's always a good thing. Um, you know, you talk about, as Kevin's getting fired yeah. up here, but the, trying to get it. The, uh, um, where you don't want kids overthinking. And what's the old saying? I, it came to my head there, as you were mentioning, was it paralysis by overanalysis? You don't want those kids uh, uh, overanalyzing and, and freezing. Yeah. Mike, can you Absolutely. guys see this? I got uh, – my screen is black. It says recording up in the left-hand corner. I don't want yeah. Coach Mike has got there. Same. Um, black. Kevin Furtado has started a – there it is. Now I got something maybe starting a screen share. Yeah, it's – Yep, I got it. All right, you know, this is just, uh, I'm going to show you, uh, this is, we run a lot of 2-2-1, uh, uh, this right here, I should have shown you the other one first, but uh, oh, okay. I'm a believer, we go 2-2-1 two, two, back in the bus. Uh, that works. And I'm, I'm hoping. That's my favorite, I love to do that. That's my favorite thing. Uh, <laughs> we love the 2-2-1 two, two, press, guys. I mean, we just, we live off it. You ever uh, trap with the two front guards? 
Well, yes, this year we're actually going to make some adjustments to that I was going to talk to you about. Um, but uh, we're, we're not very athletic. So here's, here's, a, here's a little bit of our buzz here. But a lot of teams just throw the ball away against us. So, but um, Yeah, she's too high. The three's up too high. If she's going to come up that high, you want her stealing that pass. I don't want three and four above the free throw line extended unless they're going to steal that lob from the one to the wing. Sure. You know, just let that guard just chase that pass. It's only five feet away from her. Uh, let me show that again so I can try to – I'll try to freeze it right there, Mike. Okay. Tell me when to freeze it. Now. Right. Now. Right there. Yeah, see, she's way too high. You're way three. too high, yeah. Your five's way too low. She needs to be at the top of the key. And three needs to be back about where number three is in the green. Right, right. Um, this is actually not my best defensive team. I'm not sure, but I want you to really kind of try to re-critique this a lot. Um, but, but what happened a lot is, like you say, Mike, we were just learning this. Right. The girls were over – I guess you can be over-aggressive, but still learning their slides. Yeah, you still have to be smart about your sprints and where yeah. you want to be. Yep. Yeah. And um, – The technical piece of it isn't big. Right. But when you got to be, you got to be, you know. I totally agree. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you some more here. Uh, my two guards are were freshman guards. Now, they've grown oh. and gotten a lot bigger. Good for uh, you. <laughs> so they made a lot of mistakes. That makes uh, everybody good coaches. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Okay, now I'm relying on technology. You never know sometimes with this. Yeah, I lost the screen here. Uh, maybe it, it it's going to come easy. back up. Yeah. Um, They're loading your results. <laughs> All right, I'm going to try it. Here you go. And this, this was kind of really early in the year. I yeah. feel like you know, actually, I'll just watch. Let's watch a few and then comment. Okay. You tell me like when you're a lot you're a lot stronger than I am. I wouldn't share my stuff with somebody else to let them pick my stuff apart. I'd get defensive. Nah. <laughs> hey man, it's all about learning, man. I got I got two of the best right here. No, well, I'm honored. Thank you. Uh, yeah, me too. I haven't seen this one. We force teams into just a lot of mistakes. Um, and, you know, we play yeah. at kind of a small school level. This is sure. Well, you're you're speeding them up, you know, and obviously some teams get sped up and and how are we positioned there, guys? I like uh, the guards there. Yeah, they're pretty now, good. These girls are. They love the game. They're not great athletes. They love the game. They play extremely hard. They're freshmen. They're going to grow. I think they're going to be – both these girls are going to be good little players. My best player is on the left wing here. Guys, right. she's uh, Mercer – you know, actually the Mercer coach is right there watching her. But I don't know if she's better there or up. So I want your expert. Oh, she's she's right near there, side. Right okay. Well. And we I get a lot of that. I either have her at the, the top where the ball is going through her all the time. Okay. Um, I, I got to make sure my order is right. The one. 
they're obviously going to try to pass to that side, what, 75% of the time? Maybe at the college level, it's a little bit different, but high school, right-handed point guard, first pass, right wing. Yeah. A lot. A lot, yeah. Well, she's more comfortable throwing that pass. If she's right-handed, she's got to throw across her body. Um, not a great pass to the left side more often. Yeah, hey, I that. like the glass windows there. That must be for all the parents. <laughs> <laughs> that's an old Catholic school right there. That's not our. That's a, that's Mount DeSales uh, building. Yeah, I like that. That's a good place for the parents. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mike, in our gym, uh, the parents are on the other side, so we, we're uh, we're isolated. Yeah, you can still hear them though. That's true. Hey, you can always <laughs> hear parents. Um, all right. Here's a little uh, this is our half court buzz right here. Just okay. Now I said on the first one if the three was too high, but if they're throwing the same pass and she hasn't looked at the baseline one time. Hey, this is NBA skills coach Drew Hanlon of Pure Sweat Basketball, and I'd love to help you get game results this season. Check out a free trial of my Pure Sweat training app on the Google Play and App Store today. Hello, this is Craig Reed, owner and CEO of Corny Board Aids. We specialize in providing coaching aids and equipment for the basketball coach. We are also home of the Corny Board, the original sideline coaching board. I want to recommend Championship Vision Podcast. It is a great way to get insights into what other great coaches and leaders do in their programs. Kevin Furtado brings a great tool to coaches with this podcast. Thanks, Coach Furtado. I'm behind her. Right. And you smell fear like that? Good. You're going to come up there and get the pass. You got to get the pass. Otherwise, don't be coming up there like she is right here. She's right. getting it. Because at some point, Kevin, you might run into a point guard that's going to come down and bait, bait her out on that wing and go, go top of the key block layup. And uh, I guess you just got to wait for that to happen before you adjust accordingly. But I, that, that's a tough pass, obviously. That was a pass, Mike, you referenced earlier where that girl was just sitting on her legs in that low post and not giving it up. Yeah, we'll go back and do the home bases. I think that would be really good. Sure. Just Especially the forwards. I get a lot of questions about how high the forwards should play and Right. All that. See, they got their their spacing offensively is not very good. They there's nobody even behind her for her to guard. Yeah. Sure. You know, not that that affects anything because you play home bases, but she's being really aggressive there. I'd rather have to sprinkle a little water on a personality than to try to light a fire under them. Sure. Right. You know, like my good friend Gino told me. You know, he said, you know that that's what got you in trouble is trying to light a fire under a kid that didn't want it. Be lit. Sure. <laughs> yeah, even though we I didn't I show I'm showing you this, even though there they, they we didn't really execute very well, the team was still kind of out of um out of their normal rhythm. Um, oh yeah, they're not that's one of the things you gotta look at when you're running the buzz. What are we creating in the offense we're playing against? Right. Are they running anything or are they just trying to survive? These guys are just trying to survive. I think just trying, they're just to, survive. trying to survive. <laughs> and teams got better. They started throwing over the top yep. a lot. Um, and well, that's where your wings – then that's where your wings were – that tells you that your wings are playing a little bit too high 
And there needs to be some fear in that pass over the top that one of those wings are going to get it. Because their home base when the ball's like right in the jump circle. Yeah. Is like two steps above the block and two steps from the perfect wing with her butt to the corner. That's her home base, three and four. And as those freshmen get better and, and, and just reps together, the two of them, they'll get better. I mean, they, 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 I, you know, and I, this must be a, may be a crazy analogy, but I would tell those one and two, I say, you know, it's like putting the two of you in a very small room with a chicken and you're trying to catch it together, you know, because if I lunge at it and you're still standing, she's going to split us. And, and, and working together, the two of you, uh, in order to lasso that uh, or corral that chicken. And, and I think as they, again, they're young and, and they'll get better working together. My girls sometimes, and Mike's probably did too, they disguise the front of one, one, and so they come down with two guards because they think it's a one guard front. And sure. you could kind of dictate what they did as they attack you just by little things, little nuances. And that just comes with feeling good about the defense and experience and things like that, I guess. Yeah, uh, experience does help, doesn't it? Because um, we oh, have we had just one senior, really. All these other girls are uh, just young, young players and so Good forth. Good for you. So, Which one's a senior? Uh, well, actually, this girl here, Lizzie's a senior, and the other girl, Kelly, both really aggressive though. Mike, I mean, they that's what that was part of our problem is they love to go for steals. No, uh, that's good. That's what you want. You don't want to be. You don't want to be uh, uh, squashing that mentality, you right. know. Well, I'll just finish out this possession, and then I'll, uh, we can do some home bases. Um, I love the aggressiveness, though, and I love this right oh, yeah. here, how we rotated down and uh, trapped a post, things like that, and that's just part of the aggressive mentality that I love with the defense. Um, so. Well, I, I think I can remember some of Mike's diss and, and his, uh, um, when you do, uh, uh, you know, live at a school where I was at, and, and, and you would say something, and I remember telling own kids this as we taught it, you know, if you're moving well, they'll, they'll, they'll throw the ball right to you sometimes, which is shocking. <laughs> And uh, I would tell girls that the Arcadia girls, now they got two years into this. I remember the first couple of times and boy, they'd look at me like I had two heads growing out of my shoulders and you'd be surprised how often it would happen. If you're moving without thinking uh, and knowing where you're supposed to be, yeah, they're going to throw the ball right to you, you know? And, and I remember you saying that at one yeah. of the clinics too. That reminds me, the one thing before we get to the, the, the science of it, this is kind of the biggest statement between the art and the science. It's kind of where the transition begins. The most important thing is that, you know, and you hear Bay, anybody that's run zone, you hear Bayheim talk about five players moving together. Hmm. And um, this is a man concept, what I'm going to say, but it applies tremendously to the buzz as well. And that's being proactive on every pass and sprinting and stopping. You sprint to your next home base and stop. You've got to get stopped before the ball moves again so that you can anticipate where the pass is going and deflect it. 
So you've got to turn your hips and shoulders and sprint. You can't slide. There can be no sliding. Everybody has to sprint, anticipate sprint, be in your new home base on the floor every time the ball is caught. And if you go back and look at some, the Green Bay kids were unbelievable at that. Unbelievable. And in the first year we were at Illinois, those kids were really, really good at that too. Ivory and Charisma and Adrian Godbold. And those kids were pretty good at that. Well, they were so athletic, they could cover a lot of ground, boy. Sure, sure. Yeah. And that's that's hard. That's hard. To, I know that's that's hard to teach when you have people oh, flying around like tremendous, that. Yeah. Tremendous energy. Somebody's got to be willing to be the bad cop. Kids have to allow you to coach them right. um, without turning into victims, you know. <laughs> um, that's why there are no questions. Because one of the things kids do all the time is, is they, they disguise, uh, like you didn't do a good job teaching it, like lack of understanding for not wanting to work hard enough to do their job. You know, I don't get it. I don't wait, what if, no. Figure it out. Play. Right. Right. You guys we can do all this pretty stuff we want yeah. and run anything we want to, defensively or offensively. But if we don't have a connection with people and we can't get them to trust what we're doing and we can't – if your best player won't allow you to coach them hard, you got no chance. Right. Great point. You know, <laughs> It's really interesting for me. One of the one of the best compliments I ever got from a former player is you always coach the best players hardest, always. And um, in those years where we couldn't, we weren't very good, you know, because if they turn into a victim or something like that, the best players have to be able to be coached hard with expectation. And and I think I think in our sport, being that it's largely girl dominated, I think girls are okay with being coached hard too. And I think sometimes we have a tendency to, you know. Mommy and daddy don't like it. Right. Mommy and dad don't like it. But most kids do. What's that? Want to be coached. Most kids do want to be coached. Mom and dad don't want to coach. Yeah. That's a good point too. Usually mom more so than dad. Mom wants four years of, of bliss and no tears and no injury and no disappointment and, and just, cake and on balloons and and etc for for four years and and uh it's it's just not that way i sent you that that poster i think you got in your room or whatever of my daughter and that saying and and yeah i would love to i'd love to tell everybody it's it's cake and ice cream every day but uh it's not not if you want to be good Right. No, and, and, it, and it's okay because there's lots of teaching moments within those and, and a lot of those moments are 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 tough moments, you know, yeah. and that's well, okay. and that's. I heard a great line, and most parents now they want to prepare the pathway for their child instead of prepare their child for the pathway. And what athletics does, I've always believed this. There's a there's a great book uh, called "The Obstacle Is the Way," and I'm waiting on it to come. But it's about Marcus Aurelius and uh, his belief. In, in providing obstacles for people to help them grow. That's, that's what I've always believed basketball does. It did it for me as a person. Um, 
I just have this tremendous passion to help kids learn how to fail forward, sure. to learn how to deal with the obstacles that, that athletics brings that simulate life, life in general. And the story about Marcus, one of those stories about Marcus Aurelius is one time he put this huge boulder right in the middle of this main street where people had to, and it was causing a problem for people to get around. And, and his whole point was to watch the reactions of how people dealt with that boulder. And most people would like get frustrated with it or just figure out how to go around it, you know, and not have to deal with it. And every so often somebody come up and try to move it or, you know, and then this one guy comes up and he, and he's like, he's determined, he's moving, he's going to get this boulder out of the way. He's going to take care of it. And he gets a plank and he's trying to move it. And he finally fights, toils, struggles, goes through all the things that you do when you're failing and, and finally figures out how to move this boulder. And under the boulder is a pot of gold. Uh, and uh, that, that's an interesting story. And right. that right there's the best analogy I can give people for what I believe in coaching right. sure. and I was always I mean people would say what they want to about me but I I was always going to put that boulder out there and make them fight through it and the tougher they were the bigger I make that boulder for them because right. that's what I really believe helps kids grow well and, and, and we both know that come next November, there'll be lots of coaches out there that'll walk away from their first and second practices that felt they really had a productive practice. But did they confront? Did they push? Because those are fights. Those are, it's like parenting the same sort of thing. It's those same battles. And you can, you can walk away from them if you want, or you can, you can yeah, adjust yeah. And, and parent or coach. Yeah. And, and a lot of times those practices might not be as fun as someone would perceive, but you're That's getting exactly right. Job. You can design a practice. I told Matt this all the time. You can design a practice where there's no conflict. And sure. the kids think they had a great practice. You get in a circle after a practice where kids are crying, kids are mad, and you <laughs> tell them, That's a freaking great practice, ladies. Great right. job. I love that. And they'll look at you like, What the hell are you talking about? Right. That practice sucked. I said, right. no, it didn't, because right. boom, 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 boom. That was perfect. We grew today. Right, right. Yeah, that's the difference. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there, there's got to be some tears shed and maybe a little people grumbling and, and, and upset or whatever, but uh, parenting's a, you know, it's a similar thing. You can the same thing. Get in the corner. Right, right. <laughs> it's yeah. very similar. Yeah. Those words of wisdom, man, you can tell. I mean, you guys, you guys have lived through that. So and then uh, so. Yeah, no doubt about that. And hey, Mike, let's um let's can you guys, you and Scott, talk about your home bases and yeah. teach somebody who is, has no nut knows nothing about the buzz. Yeah. Do that do and you I'll do it, Scott, or you want me to No, go ahead, coach. Go ahead. I'll watch. Okay. Can you guys see my white paper? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Pretty so good artist. Very, why don't you draw this with me, Kevin, on your whiteboard while we're doing this? So make a lane, and then at the half court, 
right in the jump circle, put the ball. So like this. Okay. Okay. So now two's job. Two's gonna guard the passing lane okay. to the right wing. One is gonna guard the passing lane to the left wing when the ball is there. Okay. Five is gonna stand at the top of the key facing the ball right. like that. Okay. Three and four. Now, three is going to be on the offense's right-hand side. That's Michael Jordan. Right. I want my best anticipator, my most aggressive, like the girl you have, Coach. Right. Kevin, your girl there at the three, I would much rather trying to tone her down and then trying to teach her how to get steals. So keep her there. So I'm going to play three a step above the block, a step or two above the block. Okay. Can you see that? Yes, sir. And then the four on the other side with her butt to the corner. All right. Your pen's not working, coach. <laughs> see it all right or no? Can you guys see that? I can see yours, coach. Kevin's uh Is it hard to say? I'm not sure. Right. Uh, yours are a little tough. Is it? Hey, I'm experimenting with this here. I, it's kind of hard to see sometimes on the. Can you see that? Yep. Coach, can you see that? Yeah. Yep. Got better. Okay. Now, so those are our home bases. Three and four are responsible for the lobs from the top down. Okay, five has one rule. Five needs to stay in line with the ball and the basket and front anybody on that line. See my dotted line? Gotcha. That's her role, okay, no matter where the ball is. And now her movement as the ball goes to the side is gonna be like from the top of the key to the elbow and down. She's never gonna get very wide. Can you guys see that on my drawing? She's never gonna get very wide off of that rail, except for when it goes to the corner and we're in a fire, okay? But she's gonna be in line with the ball and the basket at all times, okay? So now let's do the second home base. Now we're gonna put it on the right wing. So two and three are gonna lane it, okay? And they're going to play the passing lane. Three's gonna play the passing lane to the corner. Two's gonna play the passing lane back out to the point. Five is gonna be in line again with the ball in the basket and front anyone on that line. See my dotted line? And now four is going to play wide enough to steal a skip, but close enough to tip a lob. So I'm going to start four with both feet outside the rail. 
because no one, even when we were playing Baylor with Brittany Griner, no one lobs the ball from the wing to the post that's being fronted when they're being trapped. That's too hard to pass. Okay. Now, one, when the ball is there, is doing what we call wedge, wedge the high post. Can you see how I drew that? And all I'm going to do with that is sit on her top leg and wedge her down. I don't want to get underneath her. Uh, while I'm thinking about it, and just so you know, one thing I cannot stand is people pumping videos and stuff all the time. But I'll tell you, the videos that I did for championship are really good. Um, this is, it's with all the Green Bay stuff on it and kids I, stuff I learned from those kids, and it's more current. And it's two DVDs. It's got some drill work. I always get asked about drill work. Uh, I'm really proud of those DVDs. And I don't take any money from that. I give all that to Lakeland High School, just to FYI. So um, just so you know. But it explains all this extremely well. The last home base you need to know about is when the ball's on the short corner or in the corner. Five's going to go out and trap that. Three is going to turn and play the passing lane back out to the forward, the wing. Okay. Four is going to come across and do be in a three-quarter closed denial stance on the ball side block. She can never forget to come across. That's why I want everybody yelling fire. Okay. I want everybody yelling fire when that ball, even the people on the bench, everybody yelling fire when it goes down to the baseline okay now two and three have three spots to guard their three spots are the backside block the pass back out up the sideline and the pass into the high post okay so they have can you guys see yeah they have that anywhere right here and that so I'm going to zone them up between those two, three spots, okay? And we're going to read shoulders. If she pivots and starts to look back out here, then two's not going to deny that. She's going to make it look available and steal it. And one's going to have the high post. If she pivots and starts to look down this baseline, one's going to sprint there and two's going to sprint here like there's a rope tied to them, right. okay? Now you know as much as I know when I started the buzz. Those three, I didn't even get those three drawings. I got, here's the home base, and he just said, well, Finkbeiner was running a thing called the Twilight Zone, which is a little more passive. The guards are lower and wider. And I just kind of took this and made it my own. And it just, I used the way I taught the Fresno matchup as home bases and all that. And, um, I talk about some of that on the DVD, kind of my evolution of, of how I teach it and why uh, the Green Bay kids taught me some stuff. And I realized that I was, I needed to grow and how I was teaching them how to fly around and be aggressive. So. Hey, Mike. Um, hey, can you, um, I'm going to see if you can see this. Can you see me? Okay. Yep. Um, do you remember our big girl? That yep. we had a six foot girl. Yes. Part of the problem She's leaving to go out here. Let's say it's a corner pass, you know, maybe a wing to corner. And you got a, you know, we go out there and trap that. That's a hard rotation for a big girl because we're leaving her from the paint, which 
I should be fine with that, right? And being an aggressive defense. And then we have four covering. What do you recommend? Do we put her in a different spot or we just kind of say, you got to get there? Maybe. Maybe you might try her at the rebounding spot over here. One thing I would say is this is where sprint and stop come becomes really important. And as your kids get better at the home bases, they'll do this. Four, I want her to come underneath. I want her to come underneath on the baseline side on that fire. So here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then she's in a three-quarter denial stance. Right. Okay. Now, Kayla, you asked me about fives. One of the things I learned from her is if you're stopped right here on the elbow, keep pointing to your your box. If, you, if you're stopped at the block, yeah. okay, and the ball's on the wing, and you're set, and you're anticipating a pass to the corner, I saw Kayla get her hand on that pass. Not just get there after it got caught. Right. You know, but you got to be set. If you're still floating to that block and the ball's on the wing and now it's moving to the corner and you haven't gotten to the block yet, you're you're done. You ain't getting there. Yeah. She's sliding. Your big girl's sliding. She's got to turn and sprint. Yeah, sprint. They don't – the kids – the kids just don't know their home bases quite well enough yet. And you just want to keep working with that based on the couple of things I saw. Sprint, stop, sprint, stop, sprint, stop, sprint, stop, and never shut down after eight, nine passes. You know, be able to do that for six, seven passes. You'll never have to do it for more than six or seven passes in high school. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. Now, Coach, do you, do you fire that spot every time or do you mix it up? Well, when I first, and that's one of the things I talk about in the DVD, uh, the new one is I'm going to teach, because a good friend of mine, <laughs> good friend of mine, Mount McGilvery, said, you did a bad job teaching the buzz and how you really run it in the first video. And I said, well, what I do? And he said, well, you tell everybody that you're closing out five to seven feet away and then guard and passing lanes first, and you don't really tell people that you're really trapping. And I said, okay, I, you're right. Well, I need to do a better job of teaching people that no one gets to window shop. They don't get to have the ball in their hands and window shop and kind of look around, sure. you know? So I'm going to teach the absolute most aggressive form of the buzz first. And I want that thing trapped hard. Every time two people go, if I say we're laning it, that means we're trapping it. We're not just – we're closing out five to seven feet away and getting stopped, and then we're trapping it really hard. Okay, and the longer they hold on yep. to it, the more heat they get. Right. So when it first goes to that corner, I want to teach that kid to be all the way out there on the catch and trap it hard. Gotcha. And, Kevin, you may have to – Correct me if I'm wrong, but you reiterated a couple different times about sprinting to a spot and sliding to a spot. Maybe take that young lady and, and have her race against somebody that's sprinting to a cone or sliding to a cone or have her do it both ways, and she'll realize that she gets there a lot quicker sprinting than sliding. And, and, yeah, and when you do the guard drill, Kevin, that's a great point. When you do yeah. the guard drill, yeah, do um, put the five in there and let her sprint too. That's a good point, yeah. You've seen the guard drill on those new DVDs, haven't you? Kevin? Oh, yeah, I love it, I love it. 
You want yeah, to add the five in there too. I think I, I don't remember. Did I put the five in there on the, on that? Uh, no, 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 I don't No, I don't have you down having the five in there. Okay. But actually, wait a second. Um, no, God, do you remember? Well, I got both of them. Someone else has got both of them right now. Um, I'm just trying to, yeah, someone, and Rice Lake ran it all this year. I tell you what, Rice Lake girls, I saw them this summer, and they had, they had nothing, and they play in a tough conference. D1 schools, they're D2, a little smaller, and they decided to buzz a lot of the years. And I, I never saw them in person, but I saw scores, and I knew the personnel of Eau Claire Memorial and North and some of these bigger schools, and I thought, oh, they're nice. Rice Lake, what's, yeah, they're in the big rivers, yeah, and, and, and I thought, man, Rice Lake's going to get torn to pieces. Uh, with the personnel they had and and they they put it in this year and they were competitive or won some games they had there's games they should have got just just ripped apart that i know buzz kept them in games or gave them chances anna to told me anna told me she went to rice lake and put it in for him yeah 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 they got our Jim boys Martin. ran it this year and they had the best year they've had in decades they were 17 and 5 had a really good year so it's really yeah, it's, effective in high school boys too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I guess the other little nuance is that we, you know, and you correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I'd tell kids, you know, if you jump to tip, you got to land and run, which takes more time if you stay on the floor. Yeah, um, yeah. Some kids are very, very high and upright with their hands, and the first thing they got to do when they sprint is lower those hands, bend those legs, and take off as opposed to being kind of in a ready bent position will get you there quicker. Those are the little nuances that, 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 that kind of kids will pick up. You know, reading eyes and shoulders. You'll have girls, I have girls that on the backside will hide behind the five and try to bait that pass. You'll just get out of the visions. Her teammate hide behind her, little things like that. And, and, and you know that there's, that comes with experience and, and all that sort of stuff. But, um, you know, jumping a lot will, you know, the Arcadia girls, they were 5'9 and 5'10 up top. And I'd tell Coach Colley, I'd say, you know, it, it would be good for a long time, but eventually they'd get tired and then it would get ragged. And, and it, defense would get ragged. And, and, and uh, based on the conditioning of those kids. But again, it's about being 12 months fit is really, really key. And I'm sure at the, at the Green Bay level, those girls uh, probably didn't tire real easily. But I'd see it sometimes, with, I'd see it sometimes with his kids but, you know, these are normally his four and five in a man defense or garden posts and things like that. And we thought, well, let's throw the bigs up top, put the little ones down on the bottom and, and see what happens. And, and Lizzie Alley would do very, very good. These are kind of next level kids, D3 kids at the college level. And Hey, this is NBA skills coach Drew Hanlon of Pure Sweat Basketball, and I've been working hard to build an online basketball school to help players and coaches. I'd love for you to check it out at puresweatbasketball.com. This is Matthew Smith with United Basketball Clinics. I want to let you know about the fourth annual Hoosier Gym Coaches Clinic, the last weekend of August, August 28th and 29th. Right now we've secured Chris Oliver of Basketball Immersion to, to speak all Friday night. He's going to give three to four sessions on topics that will challenge us as coaches and leaders. I look forward to seeing you there. We will update you as soon as we secure other speakers for Saturday. Please follow at Coach M.W. Smith on Twitter, and our website is unitedbasketballclinics.com. But it would get a little ragged uh, later in the game or later in the half, you know, 
as it moved forward. But it, it, you, you work hard up there. There's no question. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys, tell me how we run it. Uh, you, call, you call it buzz extended, Mike, but we run it full court. So we think it's one package. Tell us about that. I think it's a big advantage for us that our defense is one package. Yeah. So I never – to me, I just like the 2-2-1 two, two, back to it. But I'll do different things with the 2-2-1. Two, two, like I'll take the two front guards and trap the point guard. With the, Like I'll trap – sometimes we'll run what we call hot. And that's if the – like a lot of teams you're going to play in high school in particular, but even in college, they got one handler. They want to start their offense with that guy having the ball. So every time she gets it, we're going to trap her with the two front guards and make her pass it, even, in, you know, like out of the 2-2-1. Out of the then if it comes boat racing up the side, then we're going to trap it traditionally like you would in a 2-2-1. But uh, – and then when the player we're being hot on, when she gives it up, then we're just cold. We don't trap. We match up with the person close in our area. We don't let long passes get thrown up the side to people in our zone. And then when it goes back to her, then we trap her again with the two front guards. Right. And then we just kind of evolve back to the zone you know, or the buzz. Yeah, I think it's um, – and I think it's kind of easy for the girls to see it and execute it. Yeah. I know our yeah. girls are young, and they, they've uh, done a really good job of that. Uh, yeah. What about some drill? What, give me some – I know I have your drills. We use your drills. Teach us some of the drills that you recommend for coaches or maybe just one good drill because I don't know how much time we have. But Yeah, one thing I want to say before I show you the guard, the guard drill that teach kids mm -hmm. how to sprint is um, Hannah and I were talking about this the other night, and that's your voice. The best teams that I ever coached were the loudest teams. Quiet teams are losing teams. I really believe that. And Hannah said something that really clicked with me, and it's always good for me to hear a little bit from players because they played it. You know, when they, I never played it. There was no such thing as the buzz. And, and we, she said one of the things that, you know, because we talk about Green Bay kids talk. All of our kids at LC were great talking teams. The Idaho kids would talk. Uh, but she said you trap with your voice too. And I said, that's really interesting because as a coach, I know, and you can see when you're having an impact. If I sit there silent, don't say anything, I'm not having as much an impact as it is like if the ball gets passed to a girl on this wing and I'm like, get it, get it, get that, you know, and bring in a little bit of, you, you can sense the fire you're creating in your kids. And, but them talking is, is really important as well. And she said, Trap, we trap with our voice. The people that aren't even on the trap talking and letting them know, letting you know they're there, they're with you. I don't care what you say, just say something. Talk, trap with your voice, be aggressive. You know, like, I got it, I got it, I got it. You know, just whatever. But the loudest teams are always the best teams, always. Yeah, I um, So well, I think it reiterates the, the, the classroom setting, which that is. And <laughs> and you're demanding class participation. You know, if you ran, if you were a teacher, and 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 for 45 minutes you could kind of lay back and just chill for 45 minutes. And I'm not demanding much out of you in terms of participation or answering questions or things like that. You're not engaged. But if after that period you're going to coach Mike's Mike's class and and he's going to demand that sort of thing, I think you're more engaged. You're going to learn more. You're more involved. And I think on the basketball side of things, it's the same parallel, obviously. 
I mean, I, I got questions right in front of me here, one through six that I asked my girls in 2012 about the buzz because I, I wanted to get inside their heads a little bit and find out, you know, what's your favorite position to play, least favorite to play? We play buzz well when we're doing what? What have you learned about buzz from start of season till now? If you were teaching a bunch of younger kids this defense, what would you teach them? Thoughts, ideas? And it was interesting to get their feedback on things. Um, Send that to me, would you, Scott? That's really sure. good. Yeah, yeah, it's right here. Yeah, it was interesting to get that back from from our girls. Girls are such big thinkers. I I just oh. I, I, they're just this Arcadia girls. I had, I went to practice one time this winter, and I asked them what they're all worrying about, and I had them write down. And some girls would be like, "Can we write down more than one thing?" You know, because I think they worry yeah. about too much. Too much. You know, too much. I got all these things from them, and I told them, "Okay, here's the deal, girls." I'm going to do all the worrying for you guys. <laughs> you guys stop worrying about ACTs and pressure of the community to win a championship and, and, and losing your spot or letting your team down. Just, just let me have all that. And you just play basketball because uh, sometimes they, they, they stress and worry about too much. And, and uh, that doesn't cure it. You got to have a plan, obviously, if you're going to try to fix it. And some people think worrying and stressing will cure it. And that obviously doesn't, but why girls even at that age are very worldly and smart and uh, interesting. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> and I think it slows so, down a little bit too, Scott. Um, we have like my, my, my big girl, the six foot girl, she, she overthinks everything, which slows her down, makes her a little bit slower. Um, and um, so we, 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 we allow, we, we tell her, you got to play through stuff. You got, you got to play through it, man. And figure like, like Mike says all the time, figure it out. We use that a lot, particularly in this defense. You got to figure things out on the run. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I was a golf coach, and one of the smartest kids I ever had was uh, a Bovey kid. He was a valedictorian, and and sometimes sometimes he'd stand over that golf ball for for an eternity. Sometimes, and I'm thinking, right. Jesus, just swing the club, Matt. You know, because he's got he's got everything I've told him, and about a hundred other things people have told him, and I can just see him over that golf ball thinking through about a million different things. I'm, I'm, Stack man, and tilt, baby. Stack and tilt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh -oh. And sometimes you just got to swing the club. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, good point. That's good points, Coach. That's really good. Um, oh, Kevin, here's, here's yeah. a drill. This is a guard drill. Can you guys see that right here? Yeah, yeah. So I got a high post, a wing on each side. I'm going to move the wings up or in a little bit, and I'm going to move the ball up a little bit, maybe inside the – I'm going to move the ball up to, like, the volleyball 10-foot line right. on our court so that she, it's, she can get there where she needs to be. And then we're just going to pass the ball around different places, and they're going to learn to sprint, move those guards in a little bit on the wing and move the ball up a little, you guys. And that'll uh, just the two guards sprint to their spots, and they work on getting from all the all the different places that they're all their home bases. It's a great way to teach two things: the guards to sprint, and then also to learn their home bases. And then I just do the same thing with the inside players. I take the guards off, and I put a coach on top. And you put uh, one in each corner: a high post, a low post, and two wings. And you just pass the ball, and the players sprint to their spot. You know, now there's only one other play, one person on the ball because the top guards aren't there. But they still can sprint and stop, sprint and stop, 
and learn to anticipate the next pass and uh, learn their home bases. And those are two really good, simple drills. Yeah, I think that wedge position is a, you know, a very important spot to teach. And oh, yeah, you never want the ball in a high post. Yeah, and, and how you play that. You know, it's not a front. You're not playing on the bottom. Um, it's, a, it's an interesting spot. And, and, again, it'll vary from team to team. You'll have a team where that girl stands in that spot, and she just stands like a straight up and down, not a real threat. And then you'll have a kid that'll anchor that spot. And, and the kid that anchor that spot is, is a little bit tougher than that kid that's straight up and down. And, and then I know your movement, once the ball goes short, how you got to get over the top of that. Because obviously once we go short, that kid at the elbow, dive into the hoop, uncontested layup if you're not playing it right. So Mike, yeah. uh, so Mike and Scott, you know, when we do this drill and we've done it, it's hard the turn and sprint for girls, you got to really train them on that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that just that pass there to get to that spot, man, takes a lot of work, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, and, and I think Scott makes a great point. You shouldn't be jumping a lot in this. No. Because you got to wait to come down before you can change direction. That takes a long time, longer than you think. Longer than you think, but it's it's. It's half a second. It's in between an uncontested three or one maybe in your face or tipped or stolen or whatever it may be. And then in that drill, too, they get really good at learning how to make people lob the ball. Because if you let them throw it on a straight line, you're never getting to the next spot. Right. Um, yeah, that's a great point. Talk about rebounding, guys, because that's, that was one weakness. Now, we were small, as you saw. Rebounding, you mentioned, Mike, two and a half to the weak side board. Yep. Talk about that, man, because that's, that's hard to do. Uh, yeah. Talk about that. Okay. So the buzz creates different types of shots. Rebounding in the buzz is way different. If you're a smaller team and you don't want the, the game to be played five feet away from the basket, I never had a real big team ever through all my coaching career. I would constantly tell our girls, I never want the game played five feet from the basket. That's why we would press and extend and man pressure and all that stuff. And I wanted it played wide because now the rebounding becomes about aggression. Well, the buzz exasperate. I mean, that takes that to another level. Um, it's all about aggression. So let's say draw on your board there, Kevin, for everybody. Put the ball on the right wing. And then um, we just kind of have home bases we sprint to when a shot goes up. One thing that I cannot stand, one of the dumbest things in the game is fouling a perimeter shooter. And one of the dumbest things that's getting called is when offensive people kick their legs out or they flop down every time after they shoot it and fall to the ground and pistols call fouls. I wish they'd quit rewarding that. But so we aren't even blocking out the shooter. And the 90-year-old that yells at your girls the one time it goes to the shooter up in the stands and he's yelling, block out the shooter. Screw that guy. Ignore him. Okay, <laughs> because it doesn't happen. So, and I don't want to be fouling the shooter because why they do this, I have no idea. But they turn their back to the shooter and then stick their butt out and yeah. a foul gets called. It's dumb. That's overcalled, man. That's a whole other podcast. Oh, yeah. So when a shot goes up from that right wing, I want to get two and a half people to the rebound. Okay, so five is going to go over the top of her girl or her guy, his guy, and get to the front of the rim. 
I don't want them going underneath and burying themselves. Yeah. Four is going to go look for anybody on the backside to block out. One is going to sprint to the backside. Okay. Yeah, just sprint back there, wherever you think that ball's coming off the rim. Two is also going to try to sprint to the backside. Probably will not get there before the ball comes off the rim, right. but she can certainly get to the long rebound spot. And you'd be surprised how, how far that kid can get if they move on the shot, you know. That's really important. So that's how we rebound out of it. Hannah and I, were, Hannah and I had a long talk the other night. And I asked her as a player, I said, when I would tell you guys that rebounding was about aggression, and she said, in the buzz, she said, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. The guards are the most important rebounders that you have in the buzz. And I said, I would agree with that. And uh, she said, it absolutely was about aggression, Coach. She said, you see where that ball's coming off, and you just went and fetched it. You didn't worry about blocking people out. You just went and got it. Right. And I really well, like that mentality. Yeah, your rebounding analogy, you know, you talk about when they talk about Rodman being such a great rebounder, there's kind of two types. A guy that rebounds his area. So the shot goes up, I block out. If it comes here, I get it. And Rodman would do that. He'd get his four or five, and then he'd chase down six or seven other ones. Yeah. And that's what made him great. That's, that's how he got point. 12 all the time. He got his area, and then he chased down six or seven other ones. Yeah. And that's the area rebounder and the, the fetcher, I guess, or lack of a better word. Yeah, go fetch it. That's what buzz rebounding is. Go fetch it. Hey, do you guys agree that we keep a stat called loose ball rebounds because at the girls' level, there's very, very few secured rebounds. There's a lot of loose ball rebounds that happen at our level. Right. Uh, you think that's true? I mean, I see a lot of long rebounds and so forth, and whoever wins the loose ball rebound battle, yeah. What do you think? Well, and you're gonna get you're gonna get a lot of those loose ball rebounds with the guards moving in that direction because 60% of shots that miss rebound long. Now I don't know if that stat's still the same, but that's an old stat. But I, I think it probably is still the same. You know, like Katie Hardy. This is a funny story. When I got to Green Bay, Katie Hardy was the point guard, really strong-willed, aggressive kid. And um, her dad and I went to college together. And I didn't know that when I got there. And Katie and I got along awesome. She was just great. But the first time I'm teaching the buzz, she's like, well, what if the ball hits the, hits the front of the rim and drops straight down? <laughs> who's going to get that rebound? I said, well, who's going to get it in man-to-man? We're front to low post. And she goes, well, it could happen. And I said, yeah, it could. I said, I'll tell you what. If that happens this year, I'll buy you a beer after you graduate. I said, if it doesn't, you're buying me a beer. I won. I won. It didn't happen one time the whole year. So right. no, the game isn't played five feet from the basket in the buzz. Right. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and and also, so if she ever watches this, remember, Katie, I won. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make sure she gets this. Yeah. She's uh, a coach at Bayport High School now in Green Bay, won a state championship last year. Yeah, she's done a great job. Her and Celeste, too. There's a lot of kids out of that program that are coaching. You know, I've had a lot of kids through the years that I coached and went on and coached, and I'm really proud of that because of right. just the detail of the teaching. I don't think I ever taught kids uh, 
like offenses, I taught them how to play. I didn't teach them plays. I really feel like I taught them how to play so that they could teach others. And that's what people did for me, Don Meyer and Krause and um, uh, Bill Smith-Peters and Fred Litzenberger. To any young coaches out there uh, that you really want to learn the game, here's my advice. Get a VHS player and <laughs> go get Don Meyer's system. No doubt. Buy all of Don's tapes. Don is the best teacher of coaches in the history of the game. And then get Dick Bennett's first man-to-man -man defensive system. Right. Because Dick told me if I was coaching high school, if I was coaching anywhere but the highest level of men's basketball in college, I'd run my old system. I wouldn't run the pack line. That's anywhere except the highest level. Because they can throw it to the wing on the ball side, take one dribble and dunk it on you. Nobody else can do that. Right. I played against that system when I was at Winona State. Dick was coaching at Point. And he had Jeff Radke and Greg Wall and those guys. And I knew those kids were getting coached. That's, what, that's why I have such a strong passion to share what I've learned with others because I played against kids I knew were getting coached when I played Dick's teams. It was very frustrating for me. And I uh, – I want to share that knowledge that I was fortunate enough to learn. Yeah, up in that neck of the woods, uh, you know, I tell people the first camp I went to as a 12-year-old was at Memorial High School, and Dick Bennett was the coach yeah. you know, at Eau Claire Memorial, 1976, yeah. you know, and then grew up on that basketball where Ken Anderson at Eau Claire and – and Tony Dick, Carr, remember that name? Tony Carr, Coonan, Dita Benno, Joe Merton. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's uh, a few of them. Yeah, and then, you know, you got, you got, you still got Jack Bennett with Dick, with Ken Anderson, uh, yeah. Dick's brother, who's very, very good too. Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, Bo at Platteville and, and Dick at UW-Stevens Point. So, you know, I think a lot of us that grew up in this area or state or whatever, if you're you know, middle age, but you ha you're influenced by those, those guys. There's no yeah. question uh, as how, how you do things. And I, I, I've seen Dick at a couple different camps where, you know, the, the attention to detail is just, just unbelievable. It, it next level sort of stuff. I mean, he, yeah. he was doing a, a passing drill and the emphasis was passing. And uh, uh, he had a guy in the interior just standing in a non-athletic position and he stopped the drill immediately. And he's like, who, who stands like that? Where did, you, where did you learn to just stand like that? You know, and, and uh, you know, Bo Ryan talking about turnovers. You know, every coach doesn't want to turn the ball over. Well, and I think that's very important to everybody. But until you watch a Badger team where, where your lottery pick, Decker, comes down and throws a crappy pass 15 seconds into a game and gets jerked out of the game with a slappy turnover – I think it means a little bit more to Bo than just everybody else. When you're pulling your lottery pick 10 minutes, 10 seconds into the, into the first half because he just threw a terrible pass for a run-out dunk at the other end. So the attention to detail with some of those guys was just, is just unreal. That's what separates. Yeah. That, I heard you say something earlier in the, in the podcast here about uh, uh, 12 months fit. So I know you've read Anson Dorrance's book, Training yeah. soccer champions. That's good that's stuff. One, that's one of the best books ever in coaching. Pete Carroll gave that to Nick Holt when Nick Pete was his assistant at USC. 
and Nick came and took the Idaho football job when I was there. He gave that book to Nick and said, this is the best coaching book I've ever read. And in that book, uh, Anson Dorrance talks about um, old coaches don't forget the game. It doesn't go by them. Many of them just lose the energy that it takes to confront every single detail. And quite frankly, that's who I was. And, you know, people can criticize or whatever, but I addressed every single little thing and I never lose the energy to do that. And I, I feel like that's the gift that you have to give the people that you're leading. Otherwise, standing on the sideline and clapping your hands isn't coaching. You have to be willing to confront every single detail. But you have to know the detail. You have to understand what a cross-the-body pass looks like and, and what permanent pivot foot looks like and how am I going to teach that and what's it mean to catch the ball your feet in the air, keeping your wrist locked and cocked every single time you're in triple threat. Uh, instead of getting floppy wristed and becoming weak with the ball. How many, like I'll ask players all the time, how many of you have been told by your coach, be tougher with the basketball? Every kid, raise their hand. Okay, well, what'd they tell you? How are you going to be tougher with a basketball? None of them ever get taught how to be tougher with a basketball. Well, five things. One, catch it with your feet in the air. Work from triple threat with your wrist locked and cocked. Pass with your feet on the floor. Fake a pass, make a pass play with an easy pass mentality and don't throw any cross the body passes. step across your body or use your pivot foot. That's how you be tougher with the basketball. Don't put the ball over your head. Don't put it between your legs. Don't catch it on the run. Don't pass it on the run and don't try to throw thread the needle passes. If you, if you believe in Bob Knight's book, the power of negative thinking, you can say it that way. <laughs> right. 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 Hey, that's great advice, guys. Hey, I really appreciate it. I know I've taken up a lot of your time, man. Both oh, of you this guys. This is awesome. Great fun. I love how you guys shared back and forth, man. I love, I love getting people together. Um, yeah, it's great fun. I'm honored that you would ask me to be part of here. this. No doubt. Both of you guys are great. And um, both of you guys are just excellent teachers. And I, I love learning from really good teachers. I appreciate you guys uh, criticizing my team, man. I love it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's correction. It's not criticism. Hey, hey, I can take it, though, Mike, because uh, that's about getting better. Um, but I really appreciate you guys sharing, and uh, hopefully we'll do this again soon. So uh, any, to. any final words before we go? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Come coaches, Thank you learn the game. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I'm going to shut okay. it down. Thank you. Hey coaches, this is Brad Hillegas, content producer at Huddle for the NBA, NCAA Division I, and high school basketball. I'm a big fan of Coach Furtado's podcast, Championship Vision, because it connects coaches around the country that want to continue learning and growing our beloved game. The X's and O's, coaching philosophy, teaching principles, they're all here. And that's a mission that we're working on at Huddle as well. More than 160,000 teams, including the best in the world, use Huddle to elevate their performance with video. But our collection of online tools is much more than that. Mobile desktop apps, smart cameras, video editing, data analytics software, the list goes on. But our goal is to help coaches like you teach the game in a modern way, whether that's connecting with your athletes, communicating your game plan, or looking to gain a competitive edge. If you want to see how Huddle can help your program, visit Huddle.com. That's H-U-D-L.com to learn more. And of course, keep listening to the Championship Vision podcast to never stop learning.
Hey, this is NBA skills coach Drew Hanlon of Pure Sweat Basketball, and you are listening to the Championship Vision Podcast.